Welcome to the Trading Raw Stories Podcast. I'm Rita Pirat, the host with the most inspiring stories that you ever did hear. Back in the day when the day was back, I was known as the juicing queen. I became raw vegan overnight after watching a documentary called Food Matters. Changing what I was putting in and on my body didn't just make me lose weight and have great skin, it gave me mind clarity, more energy, and over time made me so self-aware and intuitive that I vibrate on a higher frequency and level of consciousness that's turned me into a manifesting queen. I've lived like nine lives and have amazing stories to share that may inspire you to finally leave that toxic guy you're with, quit that miserable job you hate, start that business you've been talking about forever, and at the very least, you'll probably start saying yes more often and eat more vegetables. I'm your talent like you need to hear it and make you do it, sister from another mister. I've lived quite the life and have stories for days that have inspired women to transform their lives in real big ways. So I created this podcast to share my insane and unbelievable stories with the world to reach whoever needs to hear them. I'll bring on inspiring humans to trade stories with me, and I'll even have some live coaching sessions with listeners calling in. You're here because you were meant to find this podcast, this community, these raw stories. There are no coincidences. Everything happens for you, not to you, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Trading Raw Stories podcast. It's your girl, Rita. I hope you are all safe and healthy. I love you so much. I'm grateful that you've tuned into this episode because it is going to be an epic one. And I know I say that all the time, but it's true. Am I ever lying to you? No. My guest today is a major influencer in the business world. He goes by the name of Mike Searock. He is passionate about inspiring people to build themselves up, to reach new heights and potential in their lives, and he pushes you to find out exactly what you're made of. So today, we're going to get raw and real with him to find out who he was, who he is now, and how the hell he got here to inspire you to see where you are now doesn't have to be where you are tomorrow. Welcome, my friend, and thank you so much for being here. What's up, Rita Pira? <laughs> what's up, what's up? Yeah, well, hey, uh, I always like to start every uh, interview I go on with gratitude because I'm very thankful uh, that I get the opportunity to share with people and humbled that people want to hear my voice. So thank you so much. I'm very honored, and uh, let's rock. Aw, I love that. I love that. Starting every day with gratitude is super important. Because that's, that's something actually that people don't realize when you are vibrating the energy of gratitude and you start your day there, it sets the tone for the rest of the day. So I love that you do that. That just shows, that just shows the character that you are. <laughs> Damn right. Well, also, I don't like to have things to complain about and it makes those things disappear when you're thankful. So That's true. You know what I heard yesterday? You can't be grateful and fearful at the same time. Or complain at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there you yeah, go. So. There you go. So tell Love me, it. tell me, tell me, who the hell are you? Uh, well, you know what? I'm a superhero. <laughs> so I, I'm not afraid to say that because, you know, I want to encourage people to go back to when you were a kid and just imagine what you wanted to be when you were a kid and why stop now? Like that's, that's the biggest problem that we have is people stop imagining and dreaming and going after their potential. And so I'm a superhero, man, and and I'm looking to make people feel the way my my heroes made me feel. I love that so, so much. That's so I guess that's the easiest way to answer that question. That's big. Okay, superhero. I love it. No, seriously though, I tell people all this all the time, the whole thing with when you were a kid, like go back to that. What did you love? What brought you joy? What was it that you loved so much you wanted to do all the time before and and who were you before somebody told you who to be, right? 
Yeah. Like, yeah, that's it. Peeling back those layers and getting back to the core of who you are and what lights you up and what your purpose is and why you're here and all of that. So when you were a kid, what was it that lit you up? What was it that made you feel excited about life or what was it that you were excited about? Well, I think, uh, you know, I grew up in a broken home. I don't remember my parents ever together. So, um, I think what used to get me excited was every other weekend I used to go to my dad's house and then he would work a lot cause he was a Mason. And when the weather was good, he had to work and I would go to my grandparents. So I was looking forward to that cause you know, grandparents, you know, they, they take good care of you and, uh, <laughs> spoil you a little bit, but you know, they, they were just great people. And, uh, I had great relationships with my grandparents. Um, I don't have any of them left, unfortunately, but I think that's what lit me up. And then what happened from there, man, I mean, I have a, had a lot of conflict going on with the, the, the parents fighting, uh, step parents get involved, their agendas. And it was just a mess for a while. And I, I thought it was ordinary though. I, di- I didn't know any different as a kid growing up. And I'm sure a lot of your audience can, can relate to this, that, you know, you come from a broken home and the, every other weekend thing, credit, uh, not credit, uh, child support, custody battle, all that kind of stuff. And there's, when you're a kid, you don't know like what you have to do with it, except for the fact that the child support stuff and the, and the connection between your broken up parents is you. So you're the reason that they still have to be in each other's lives. And it's, it's a tough spot for some people. So I don't tell you that story uh, to, to feel bad for me by any means, because let me tell you, when I decided to live with my dad from eight to 11, um, I broke my mom's heart. Unfortunately, I wanted a different scene and my dad talked me into moving in with him. And for three years, I dealt with a lot of psychological, mental, verbal abuse and things said about my mom and just, it was bad. And, and uh, I decided at 11 years old that I had had enough and that wasn't a, an environment conducive to happiness. No, I did not know that what the word conducive was at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I, just, I knew it wasn't a good environment. So I said to my mom one day, I'm coming home from uh, her house from the weekend at her house. And we're going over these hills in southeastern Pennsylvania. And uh, my stomach was just like messed up. And I was like anxious. And she's like, what's the matter? And I said, you know, uh, this is what's going on. I didn't want to share it because I didn't think anybody would believe me, but also I thought you would do something about it. And then I would have to like have to hear about it and get, get it taken out on me when I go back to the house. She said, no, 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 you, you, you're not in an ordinary situation. That is not ordinary. Like you don't have to deal with that. She said, I can get you out of there. And I said, yeah, that, that's fine. Let's, let's do it. And she said, but if I do, you can't flip flop because they're going to try to talk you out of it. And if I go file court papers, you can't, we can't have that. And in life, you have to stick to your guns because when you believe in something, people will try to talk you out of it to match their agenda. Or if you start to advance and do well in life, they're going to want to try to justify their position. So they're going to talk you out of doing the things that you're doing to be on the path that you're on. And so I remember that as a kid, 11 years old, I remember that and thought to myself, stubborn, like I got to be stubborn. And I took that to heart. And um, I wear that badge, uh, like that badge of stubbornness, of on, like, like a badge of honor, because you know, I've always gotten everything I want in life, not because it was handed to me, but when I want something, I go get it and I'm stubborn about it. And if you look up the definition, I could use the word persistence, but persistence is like, you know, too often used and it goes in one ear and out the other. It has like a lullaby effect. So I pick a different word, which is stubborn. And when I looked up the definition of stubborn, it says perversely unyielding. And so if you can imagine wanting something and having an ideal life, and you're going after it. And if you're perversely unyielding towards that, of course, you're going to get it. And so that's what I've lived with my whole life is that, that uh, 
that stubbornness. So my dad got delivered these court papers, I guess, at some point, and I came home from school after waiting days and days, not knowing what this, this was going to happen, uh, scared to death. And I saw that he had these papers in his hand when I came home, and he said, go to your room. So I sat in my room, and I waited for my hero uh, to come back. And my dad had big forearms and rough hands, and he always carried a lot of $100 bills around in his pocket uh-huh. with a rubber band around it, right? And that was cool. Like, I, I love that. I looked up to him for that. And <laughs> he used to flash it around. So um, he came back and uh, he goes, it says here you want to move back with your mom. Is that true? And I remember her saying, stick to your guns, stick to your guns. I said, yeah, that's true. He said, well, you know, they don't have anything there. They don't, they don't have the money I have and, and, and they're poor. Like, why would you want to go there and leave here where you have everything? And I didn't even want to get into it. I'm like, nah, I made my mind up. He said, okay, that's the case. And he takes that wad of $100 bills out. He peels one off, crumples it up and throws it at me. He said, you're going to need this then when you're living on the streets with your mother. Wow. And so... I tell you that story, like I said, because I, at that moment, a fire was lit. Mm-hmm. And for 30 some years now, I thought to myself, there's no way that's going to happen when he said that to me. And for 30 some years, I've been using that, that little spark and converting it. And all of my life, Rita, for some reason, no matter what I go through, my graph still goes like just a nice, smooth incline, which is a good graph. You want to look at your life in graphs, by the way. Uh, finances, relationships, health. You want to look at your graphs. You want to make sure your graphs are going up. If they're not, your job is to get the graph up. And that's a way to to be successful in life. But anyway, no matter what's happening, that graph kept going up. So two years ago, I started to do a self-assessment. I don't know, maybe it's middle age crisis or whatever they call it, or midlife crisis. <laughs> I started I started like looking back at it, like, why is this happening? No matter what happens, I'm still like, I, I have a setback. It hurts for a minute, but then I attack. Mm-hmm. And I found out that I was taking everything that was designed to stop the average thinking person or slow them down. And I was putting it in my tank instead of my trunk where it would weigh me down. And if I put it in my tank, I was able to convert it to rocket fuel to not just get back to the original position, but blast off way, way past where I originally was. And once I realized that, the graph went like this instead of gradually up, it started a rocket ship trajectory and the rest is history. So now I'm sharing it with the world. I want to get it out to millions of people, which I am doing right now, and uh, I'm sharing it with your audience. Wow. I love everything that you just said. I'm like, I can't write fast enough. All these gems (laughs) and all these things that are, wow. First of all, I commend you, holy shit, for you to take control of your life as a kid in that way, and then to realize that met like this analogy or metaphor or whatever from your dad handing you your, your crumbling that hundred dollar bill and tossing it at you for you to take that and use that as rocket fuel for the rest of your life. That's so powerful. Holy shit, dude. Like take everything that stops you, put it in the tank, convert it to rocket fuel instead of putting it into the trunk where it would slow you down. That that's yeah. powerful. Wow. So that's the whole thing of where this rocket fuel concept came from that you're all about. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is that once I started feeling and like realizing this, I started feeling unstoppable. Like I can set any goal I want to and I'll go get it. Like it's not a, it's not even a question. So (laughs) the funny thing about this is I started seeing everything work for me. My business shot up, uh, millions of dollars started coming in. I'm on Instagram, like, and just an audience just blows up. And not only that, like I meet people that I normally wouldn't have met that I can make billions of dollars with now. I'm DMing people through Instagram because my Instagram account is blown up. 
people are willing to talk to you. I met a great guy named Jared. We partnered up. We're in a tech product right now. And uh, this, this product to me, I'm looking at it and I don't see how it can't be worth billions of dollars when we're finished with it. And it's, it's a belief system. I don't, I don't need to see it first. Mm -hmm. Like I believe it now. Mm -hmm. And then I see it and I see all the things that I normally would miss if I didn't believe it. And that's why people don't uh, achieve great success most of the time is because they feel like they need to see it to believe it. Yeah. Well, I believe, and then I go get it and I go see it and it happens. And, um, and there's no doubt in my mind. So that's another thing. Like when you know the end game, anything that's happening, like the bad stuff, you're like, I'm not worried about a hundred dollar problem, a thousand dollar, even a $10,000 problem. I had a hundred thousand dollars stolen from me this past year. I'm not worried about that wow. because I'm worried about millions, hundred of million dollars problems. Some people might say like, you're crazy, man. Like you, you, you're thinking about that. Like, what about us small people? Dude, if you're thinking you're a small person, that's why you're a small person. Start thinking bigger. I want to talk about big numbers because it gets people's attention and it opens up their thinking. And that's what my mentors have done for me. And uh, it works, man. You know, it's interesting you brought that up because a couple of things that really stood out. The first thing was that every you expect things to work out for you. And I have that mindset too, that whatever I pursue, whatever I say yes to, like when we were talking about when I was on your podcast a few days ago, it's, it's like everything happens for you, not to you. Everything is working out for you. It's like, it's whatever's going on is organizing around your success. Having that mindset, believing that that is true is what will allow things to unfold in your favor. But having that negative mindset is going to work in the opposite favor. And then the, the other thing, when you said, believe it, you have to believe it to see it. That's, that's what Wayne Dyer said. Are you familiar with Wayne Dyer? I've heard of his name, but I'm not. Yeah, now. he literally says you have to or well, he passed away. Um, But you you have to believe it to see it like having to see something to then believe it is the opposite of of how you would manifest something that you want. And I want I'm wondering how the hell did you make the jump from having these um, like the small minded numbers and growing to thinking in bigger numbers? Like, was it because your dad had money and you knew it was possible or? Where do you think this came from? How did you make that jump? Because for me, for yeah. example, I, I started with like, oh, I'm going to invest in coaching. And I'm like, oh, maybe I can do this $2,000 program. Barely, right? And then I just invested in a $10,000 mastermind. You know, so it's kind of like now I'm making these baby steps towards bigger numbers. But how did you make that jump from like? Yeah, that, so it wasn't my dad's, that, you know, because like when I moved out of there, um, my mom and my stepdad, George, who was a great guy, stepped in showed me what a man was supposed to be like, but he didn't know how to make money. And so we, we would go to the Jersey shore for, uh, for vacation with black trash bags as our suitcases. <laughs> so it was like, we didn't know it wasn't that, but, uh, what it was is that I started hanging around people that thought bigger. And so the most recent time, I guess, when I really started making like the money is Grant Cardone. I mean, I, I talk about him all the time because he made such a big difference in my life. He's made me think bigger. Mm. I see what he did. And I, I looked at his, I, I just watched his life from when he was 25 and, and recovering from drugs and then moving on to where he is now. And I just followed the blueprint, man. And I start, started investing with him with some programs and the more I invested, the more money I made. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty simple. Like, you know, you don't want to blow money, but you want to invest money in yourself and be around people that think bigger. So here's an example. So I haven't told the story to many people, but um, Grant wrote the forward for my new book, Rocket Fuel, and he didn't do it for free. 
Um, you got to live a, you got to live the standard that he expects of his mentees, uh, first of all, and represent him well, uh, which I feel like do. And he agreed. But the other thing is you got to make it worth their time. And when I asked, I asked Jared how much for the book forward. And he said a number. And I'm like, what? Hmm. I'm like, I invested and spent a hundred some thousand dollars this year in programs with my company. I have 40 employees. So we use all their programs, but I'm like, I'm like a shining example. Are you kidding me? Like he wants to charge me that much money. Like what? <laughs> he wouldn't just do it. Like what the, and, and, but that's the wrong thinking. See, yeah. I had a little, about a five minute window where I was just like acting like a little bitch. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's true. And, and so you come to realize though, I said, wait a minute, hold on a second. His time's valuable. Nobody can ever take it from me. All I got to do is go get that money. And once that money's gone, I got that. Nobody can take it and it's done. And then I could use it to market. And he's blowing up right now mm -hmm. on undercover billionaires all over the place. Right. So I'm like, Hmm. So then I told my partners, I, I started talking to my wife. I told my partners, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm well, well, first of all, I said to Jared, like he told me, he told me he's going to charge. I was like, well, how much he told me? And I'm like, what? So I said, <laughs> you know what? I'm crazy. I might, I might just do it. I'm crazy enough to just do it. Yeah. And uh, it's just, just South of uh, six figures, by the way. And uh, I went to my partners and I'm like, dude, we got to, we got to figure this out. Cause if you guys want to be a part of what I'm doing right now, um, you need to figure out how to come up with this money. And if you don't, I'm going to come up with the money by myself. Wow. And so my partners, I have three, three of my best friends in the mortgage business that work with me and my little brother too. And they're doing the mortgages day by day, the day daily operations while I'm on this mission and whatever I accomplish on this mission, I'm bringing them with me. Mm -hmm. That's our agreement that we have. So they're, they're doing the things that we need to do at the, at the home front where, where, you know, I started this mission that we have here with a mortgage company and they bought in, man. And they're like, no, dude, we're with you. So, you know, that big number shrunk real fast for me when that happened, you know, you take it and divide it by four and then also it's a tax write off. So really it was like, it's all about just thinking bigger and getting creative. So, um, I, I think just those little exercises and things like that, that expand your mind. And you're like, wait a minute, dude, I'm the man. Like I told you, I'm a superhero. I can go get more money, you know? And I start thinking, now I don't want to come off cocky because it's not that it's just really belief. Yeah. And the people that would call you cocky and that that's somebody that doesn't like back it up and go get it. Yeah. I go get it. That's true. And you mentioned something earlier. You said that um, when you believe in something, you have other people that are trying to talk you out of it or not believing in it with you. And that's because their own limited mindset that they don't believe it's possible for them. So why would it be possible for you? Yeah, that's, a, that's exactly it. And I don't want those people around me anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, but the thing is, is that when you lose people like that, mm -hmm. but you want them around you, just go press the pedal down and go get your success and they'll come back around. Mm -hmm. Then you can decide whether you want them in your life or not. Yeah. That's actually what came up in a coaching yeah. session. I was in yesterday, the, um, this girl that I was coaching, she told me that something that she pursued her family, her friends, they were all talking her out of it. And then she did it anyway, became successful. And now they're coming back. I'm so proud of you. And it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. of course you are, but you didn't believe yeah. in it because you didn't believe that it was even something that would be possible for me, let alone something for you to, be able to achieve in life so it's just a small-minded not necessarily small-minded limited beliefs like these limiting you know what it's called hmm. you know what it's called what i wrote this in my book it's i got a chapter on this it's called the hater cycle the hater cycle yeah, it's so awesome you sit back and watch it like first it's like they laugh at you they ridicule you um then they get interested in you and then they start like asking you questions and then they're like 
oh, dude, dude, can I hang out with you, man? Can I, can I be around you? And then they're like, I, I knew you were going to make it, man. I knew it. I told them guys. <laughs> and you're sitting back like, shit, motherfucker. I, I knew, I, I knew this was happening. I could pre- like, I can predict the behavior of it. It's not even like, so some people quit their mission because people talk shit to them and ridicule them and laugh at them. Like I used to, when I started the podcast, um, what are you made of short for that is Waymo. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, people would holler, Waymo, Waymo, why don't you go do it? Like, like, oh, like stupid shit. Mm. And I'm sitting here laughing at him, like, because I know the end game. I know where I'm going. Right. And, uh, and, you know, I used to tell my buddies, like, look, dude, I'm getting a jet and you're not getting on the jet. <laughs> so you can keep laughing your ass off all you want right now. But when I get the jet, I'll wave to you in the window. <laughs> and, and I'm not trying to be a dick, but it's like, dude, get, get, get your shit together. I'm rooting for them. Mm-hmm. Like, I want them to think like I'm thinking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, I don't know. It makes me sad sometimes to think about their, like when they don't think the right way. Yeah. Uh, I bang my head on the wall when I can't help someone when I have the answer for them. But I don't know if you know this, but there's reasons why that you can't help people. And it's not because they don't want help. It's like some people say, well, you can't help people that don't want help. It's not about that. They don't want help. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants help. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be better. They just don't believe help is possible. And, or they have a warped sense of help that somebody helped them before, but it was under the guise of help, but it was more abuse. And so until you can get people to really understand help is a good thing, help is possible, that they can be helped and they can give help, you're not going to be able to do anything. So that's a very important thing. And then from there, people have to understand that there's control involved. Like if I were to ask you a question about control, would you think control is a good thing or a bad thing? I think it depends on the... uh... Nope, stop. Nope. (laughs) Not to cut you off, but that's wrong. And the reason is, is that if you look up the definition of words, this is something I've done and changed my life. Mm. Control, and you look at the opposite of control, it's helplessness, chaos, it's all these words like that. Well, if the opposite of control is chaos, helplessness, all that, that means that control is always a good thing. Because chaos and helplessness is never a good thing. You follow me? Yeah. So control is a good thing. It's good to be controlled and it's good to have your ability to control yourself and help control the people, but it's not like domination. It's not like, you know, that's a perverted version of control and that's where people get messed up. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's why I was saying it depends because when I say, when I give up control, I'm surrendering outcomes, like, because I believe in allowing things to unfold the way they're meant to not having a strict, like, this is how it has to Mm -hmm. be, you know? Yeah. yeah, That's what I meant by that. But I, I love so much that you dissect the definition of words and you teach people concepts using the definition of the word. Cause I remember when you did break down stubborn, the definition of stubborn on your podcast when we recorded, and then you brought yeah, it up. Yeah. I was hoping you'd bring it up, bring it up today. Cause I love that you do that. And I even saw a t-shirt you made with it. on. <laughs> yeah. And so I learned that first of all, from my stepfather, George. So George was a really passionate guy and he used to tell me to read all the time. And, and as, as a kid, you're like, I don't feel like reading, man. <laughs> and what he taught me was, is that you don't like reading because you pass a word that you don't understand. Mm. And then you stop right after that, or you're getting, you're studying something and you don't understand something and you give up. Everybody does this, by the way, it's a, it's a science. And so if that's the case, when you don't understand a word, you see it work, look it up. Yeah. So I would go to him and ask him what a word means. And he'd be like, dude, go look it up. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, we, we don't have Google. We have the, the four inch, uh, Webster dictionary. Yeah. Right. And so he would make me go look the words up. And he told me, unless you understand the words, 
you're not going to understand what you're reading and you're not going to get it. And that's why you're quitting. Wow. And it never feels good to quit a book. You see a book half written, you know, that you keep looking at it and you're like, damn, dude, I quit on that book. I should finish it. Yeah. And when you finish a book, you feel great on that last page and you're reading, you're like, damn. Yes. It is it. such yeah. a good feeling. It you know? is such a good feeling. Yeah. So, um, he taught me that. And then when I, when I came further along, I learned that, um, like Grant talks about looking up words all the time and I'm like, shit, man, like this is my new mentor. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, that's where I got it from and it makes all the difference in the world. That's amazing. I love that your childhood, like with how tough it was and you're saying, Oh, you know, it was a broken home and whatnot. And, and breaking it down for us and what that looked like for you. Thank you for, for being so vulnerable and sharing that story, by the way. And I think that it, it really made you who you are. Like it's not a, a terrible circumstance or a situation that you found yourself in and it's not fair to you. Like it shaped you. It made you who you are today. You used it as rocket fuel, right? And it, it, yeah. it, that's what people need to recognize is that their journey, their, their, their childhood and whatnot, it's, there's lessons there. There's things that need healing. There's things that you can take and bring into your adulthood that work for you instead of against you, right? Instead of being like, oh my gosh, this was my childhood and blame your, this whole victim mindset of I grew mm -hmm. up this way and this is how my life's going to be. So they're in victim mode forever. But you took yeah, that and yeah, you turned, yeah. you turned into this freaking boss you're you're crushing it at every angle of life and how did you connect with grant in the first place i'm curious so when my uh my stepfather passed away two years ago um he was coming out of the woods hunting and i got a call in the middle of the night and he had a sudden heart attack and um i wasn't ready for george lee man he was a good dude man like he was he was really passionate. He'd be in a room and he'd be real quiet. But then when somebody talked about something he was passionate about, like football or baseball or hunting, fishing, he'd jump off the couch, right? <laughs> and, and he'd get in your face and be like all loud and like deep voice. And everybody loved George, man. And he was really hard on us when we were kids though. Like not physically, but just like really black and white, right is right, wrong mm -hmm. is wrong. Do good, good happens. Do bad, bad happens. It is what it is. Um, but, you know, when he passed away, two weeks later, uh, my little brother, Casey, and I uh, talked about this, like, we felt this feeling, like, two weeks later, we were talking, we were on the phone, like, dude, I've I just been having this feeling, and it's like a, an energy source, or his spirit came, and his passion came in, into us, Wow! and so I wrote about it in my journal, it's in my book, too, but, like, I wrote about this thing, like, dude, something's different, and I have a mission now, and the world better look out, because I don't get tired, like, I get seven, eight hours of sleep a night, but it's like, I lay down to, like, watch a show with my wife, and I'm out. Like when I'm out, I'm out, right? Uh -huh. But then I wake up and I'm ready to go. And when I'm awake, besides that sleep time, dude, I'm rolling. I'm always like this fired up because of this passion he put in, inside of me. And I know that I need it because there's going to be tough times where uh, it's going to get tougher. I'm not going to feel like it maybe. And this energy helps keep pushing through it. That's so. amazing. You know, it's so interesting that you chose to live with your mom over your dad where you had the option of this fancy, you know, lifestyle with your dad. And then he's scaring you away and to stay with him because of money. So it was like money or sanity and love and feeling better. Right. And so with you choosing going with your mom and sticking with your guns, like she taught you and, and told you like, watch out, this is what's going to happen. Smart lady, by the way. Um, when you ended up with her, you got George as a result in a, in a deeper, real way where you wouldn't have had that connection with him kind of like 
essentially raising you and instilling all these things like the whole looking up the thing in the dictionary all the time when you don't know a word and then sh that showing up again when Grant came into your life. It's kind of like yeah, we're guided. Crazy, it? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. And you know, the other thing too is like we all go through life and we need to be like driving down the road. And when your fuel light goes on in your car, you're looking for a gas station, right? You're like, oh shit, like how many miles do I have left? Have you ever played that game? Oh, like, yeah, I've been there. Miles, I'm guilty. Right? Guilty. Um, but that's the thing. Like, uh, my whole life, I think that I'm going and looking for fuel sources all the time because I know I'm going to need them mm -hmm. and I need an abundance of them just in case I'm going to be on a road where there isn't any gas station. So, like, as I left there, by the way, I want to share this with you. This is important for people to hear this, like, and understand. And I, I put this in the book too. But, like, I would go and then they would go on trips and they had other kids, right? And they would go on trips and I would get pictures in the mail, like their old regular Kodak pictures, right? And they would have a letter in there and it looked like it was written for my brothers or sisters or something like that, but it wasn't, I could tell. Mm -hmm. And um, the way it was like written was like, hey, we went here, this and that, like real spiteful. Like it was not even like borderline, you would know like, yeah, we're here, like you're not kind of thing. And um, so I saved all those. I saved all of them on purpose because you know what? Every time I got it, I started playing football at that age and I would take it out on the football field. Like that would be my, like, uh, dude, it was like crazy. Uh, and I appreciate it now looking back on, it, I'm like, damn, dude, I, I, that made me go harder and hustle and everything I did. I just tried to be the best at it. And I would always play this mind game with myself when I didn't feel like doing something, I would do it anyway. Mm -hmm. because I knew that they were watching. I felt like they were watching. I'm going to, I'm going to like, I'm going to get back at them with success. And so uh, I don't know if that's healthy or not, but it, it helps and it worked. <laughs> that's good. I mean, I think everyone has to find something that fuels them, right? And I love your book and I, I love that everything that we're talking about, there is a piece of it in your book. Everyone should check it out. I want to get a copy. Will you sign my copy? Am I special enough to get a signed yes, copy? I think I, I think I can do that. <laughs> All right, cool. I, think I, I can raise that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So this is, this is awesome. I love hearing about your journey and your story and where you came from and where you are now. And all of this is so inspiring. This is what this whole podcast is about. And similar to yours, what are you made of? Like you're getting to the root of um, people and where they are in their lives and what lights them up or how you take something that was traumatic or we, at, on the outside looking in like a terrible experience and turning it around and turning it into your fuel. I love that concept so much. And I'm wondering if there's, say, if you had like three things that you could tell everyone, if you were, if you had that opportunity to be on a stage and tell every single human on this planet, three things, or if, if you just want to say one main important one, what would it be? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, I say this a lot, you have to be moving forward and you have to be moving forward fast. So, and you know, sometimes I do have to take a break as far as like going forward and just sit for a minute and just like maybe meditate for a second and take a deep breath and relax. But I have a saying thrust is a must because it goes along with the rocket fuel thing, but thrust is a must. I mean like thrusting forward instead of going backwards at all times, no matter what happens to you, you just keep going. And it reminds me like, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. I'm urgent. Everything's urgent and I'm urgent with action, but patient with the end result. Mm. Now I want to see short-term results to make sure I'm going on the right direction, but urgent with action, patient with results. The problem a lot of people have is they're not patient with the result, the end game, right? And they want it now, right? Yeah. And then they quit. So if you're urgent with your actions and patient with the end game result, you'll get to your end game result. So that's one thing. And the other thing is just remove all obstacles, commit to what you want, decide on it, get real clear, and then remove 
like think in your mind, seriously, like what, what are my obstacles and how can I remove them or get around them or just store them in my tank? Mm. That's awesome. I love that. Thrust is a must, you guys. Thrust is a must. Take <laughs> action. I always say, if you have some inspired idea, you have some inspired like nudge to say yes to something or try something or do something, and then you talk yourself out of it, you have to talk yourself back into it. And I think that's where that thrust is a must comes in. Like just dive in, take the action and then more action, more action, more action is what Brandon was saying in the last episode. It's just a matter of like not getting in your own way. And that's what people, I think the mo- the biggest obstacle is you. You are in your own way in most cases. Yeah. So I don't know about that. Remove all obstacles then because if you remove yourself, not, but no, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. That's, that's exactly right. It's a, it's a mind game. Yeah. I've been in my own way so many times with imposter syndrome, really like feeling like I'm not ready. I'm not smart enough. Who am I to do this? Who's going to listen to me and all these different, I, that's what I mean. Like you're in your own way. Like your mind is your own obstacle. You're blocking yourself from your own magic. Speaking of that. So if you're thinking about like imposter syndrome, that's just a belief thing. Like you're waiting to see something before you believe it, right? Mm -hmm. You just got it mixed up. You got to believe it first. And so for me, like, you know, clubhouse, for example, I go into clubhouse and everybody's going to these rooms and you got to look at the bios and everybody's looking at each other's bios. Oh, this guy did, you know, hundred million, whatever, whatever. Like, dude, I'll get there. Like I, I just, I just tell myself I'm a superhero yeah. and he's not. <laughs> so he can have a hundred millions of dollars, but I'm a superhero yeah. and it sounds corny, right? But it, it works. And, and you, you gotta like, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but you gotta think you're the shit. Yeah. Like I'm the shit man. And I'm, it's not about cockiness. Like that, that's totally like people get it confused. I think that people call the people cocky because they're, they're not like confident in themselves. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's a reflection of themselves. So to me, imposter syndrome, like I've, I've started to like feel that before, but then I remember I, like, mm-hmm. hold up a second here, dude. No, nah, uh-uh. this is the, you know, the end game where you're going. Right. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, you got it. Like you're going to go there and people are going to start being like, wow, dude. And, and I'm Reed, I'm not like, I, I can't express this enough. Like I, when I started this mission, nobody knew who I was. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew who I was. I, I, I promise you. But I thought my podcast, the first episode was like, that shit's fucking that shit's raw, man. Like you're, people are going to like this shit. (laughs) And uh, before you know it, like I start believing that and then everybody else hears me say that and act like that and just, and then it picks up. Yeah. And then, and then people start like, well, I got to get on board with this. I'm going to, I'm going to miss out on this. This dude's hot. Like he's, he's onto something. I love that. So, so you just gotta, you just gotta roll with it until, so people also start rolling with you. That's so awesome. That's lighting me up because I feel like that's what's that's exactly what's happening with mine right now. And I just started it in October and I'm like, it's the shit. Like when someone reaches out, I'm getting emails and DMs from people wanting to be on my podcast. And I'm like, I I, yeah. I can't until like March. Like <laughs> I'm so yeah. backed up because people are so interested and it's doing really well. And I really feel like being on Clubhouse and showing up in these rooms and then raising my hand to speak or someone sees me pop in right away and they bring me up right away. They make me a moderator right away. And the things I'm talking about, people are like validating, like, holy shit, this girl knows what, he, what she's talking about. So it's given me yeah. even more confidence and belief that I know what the fuck I'm talking about. So, right. Because it's, it's, I, I know as a woman too, like, you know, you're, you're pretty, right. Thank you. But you like, you feel like you're welcome, but you feel like, man, I'm going to make these motherfuckers understand. I'm not just a pretty face. Like, let me get up here and show them. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Like, I love when, when women do that, they, they get up there and they're like, not afraid to show them, show that they're not hiding. Yeah. 
Um, and, and, you know, kudos to you for doing that. Thank but you. As, as a, as a, like, that's a totally different game than we got to play. Like our game's different, right? We got to like post on there how much money we made or how many businesses we started. And it's so stupid, but that's just the way, the way it is. But, um, but no, I commend you for hopping up there and running your mouth like you do it's good <laughs> and getting on your podcast and doing your thing and just keep doing it, man. Like you, like, like that's okay. So here's another thing. So what are you made of? Right. Yeah. I talk to myself a lot. Uh, maybe I'm crazy, but I believe in self-talk. I, I believe in positive self-talk. Yeah. Right. So if I'm going through tough times um, or even if things are going good and I want to take it to the next level, or if I'm in clubhouse and I start seeing, um, I don't know, so, so-and-so and, all that, you know, I'm like, dude, what are you made of, dude? Look at all the stuff you've been through. Like you made it through all that stuff. This ain't shit. Like yeah. you got this, you're built for this. Yeah. The, I'm the only one that I know that can do this. Like, so just that's where that came from, by the way. What are you made of? Like, come on, man. I got, I got wristbands that say, what are you made of on them? Like to remind myself. Um, I love it. So I think you need to get wristbands. Uh, I was just going to ask you, can I get some with my book? What's up? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get some. I'm going to make some rocket fuel ones. I only have what are you made of right now, but you need to get some real raw ones. Yes. Oh, I love that. You know, it's really funny because my name being Rita and then raw Rita, raw vegan Rita, like all these different plays on the on the word. And then my company is called Rita Fine Inc. So it's R-I-T-A-F-I-N-E. Yeah. Well, get some sayings too. Like start thinking of sayings. Like that's what I started doing because what happens is you, you, that's part comes part of your self-talk and start uh, also part of your branding, like thrust is a must. And so if you um, if you start thinking about those things and like uh, wristband bros is where I get these mm -hmm. and they're, they're not that expensive. And then you get your website put on them. And then when you go places, you hand these out instead of business cards. People will always love these, especially if they have decent sayings on them. That's true. And uh, then your website's on there. That's true. I love that idea. You know? You're brilliant. You're full of like really good ideas. I love this. Well, I, thank you. <laughs> I just actually, I have a lot of sayings. I don't know. Um, I, have, I have notebooks and notebooks and notebooks that my assistant is like combing through finding all these gems. And she keeps calling me every five minutes like, oh my God, you literally have <laughs> a million. I'm like, I know, I know. Help me organize them. <laughs> well, you know, another thing for content for online and stuff, you can do like I have, um, they were called Waymo rules, but um, this is a good story. Google has a technology, a self-driving car technology called Waymo. And their their um, lawyers reached out to me and told me that I can't use Waymo anymore. Oh shit. Which is this right here. Yeah. And so, um, you should have trademarked it, man. You could have made money off them. Well, I think they already had it, and oh. I didn't check. but I wasn't using it for like marketing, like selling anything. Right. I was cause it was just, we were saying hashtag Waymo cause it was shorter. Anyway, um, I had Waymo rules so you could do this. Like you can create your reader rules and reader rules, like number 36 and start with a high number. Like you have a whole bunch of them <laughs> and like, uh, put it on social media and like a little clip, like reader rule number 36. Um, Oh my God. I don't know. What's one of your saying? Whatever your sayings are. That's right? hilarious. And then you can just create a whole bunch of them. Like we had a, like 50 of them, but I started with number 30 something. And you know what I mean? So like, uh, like, oh, there's already been 30 of them put out. Yeah, there has. It's you know? so funny. If you go to my so. Instagram reel, I have a highlight um, for coaching tips and it says um, like number 44, number 400 something, number 300. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally did yeah, that already. That's awesome. <laughs> but I yeah. like, do you think redefine your life would work? Like that that because that's the name of my program yeah. that I'm I'm my coaching yeah that, that, absolutely that's one of them cool I like you just that. yeah I mean don't rely on one of anything yeah 
totally. Now, now, now. So Grant told me that he's like, don't rely on one of anything. You get multiple flows, but except for one spouse. How did you connect with him? Did you answer my question? I don't oh, even remember. Uh, shit. Uh, so George, when George passed away, yeah, okay. Uh, my brother was reading the ten X rule. Sorry about that. <laughs> we, we totally got it. I love this. I always <laughs> go off on tangents, and it always comes full circle. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. So that book. Um, my brother was reading it and I'd seen Grant before online. I, like I recognized him. I just thought he was some real estate, like light, uh, real, I don't know, broker or something. I don't know what the hell he was. Mm -hmm. So he's reading this book. He's like, dude, you got to read this book. This guy sounds just like you. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I read it and I'm like, holy shit, this guy's talking to me. And like for a period of my life, I, I did get like cocooned, like caged up. Um, because sometimes when people like, if you don't know what you're doing and people start talking shit or beat me up after a while um, and bad things start to happen. Like there's a period of my life where I did get caged up and the animals locked up. And when I read the 10 X rule and Grant was talking, I'm like, wait a minute, I try to unleash this animal. And then I hear a bunch of shit from people. So I, I introvert again. Mm. And that's not the way to do it. I'm not the crazy one. They're the crazy ones. And so I realized it gave me val uh, like validation to let the animal out. And that's what happened. And so I started investing in his programs for our team. Uh, in our business, uh, Cardone University, we got them on at every, like the, the culture of our company is like for ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just started like going to their masterminds and hanging out. And then I did one big tip. I will tell you guys, if you want to like meet celebrities or not necessarily celebrities, but high profile people get mentored by them, start make, like building relationships, adding value to the people around them. So if you build uh, relationships and adding value and helping the people around them, which I did, then they notice you and then they want to like, they want to be uh, involved and they want to let you be involved and they trust you because you're building value. It's not all about just you. Right. So how did so, you add value? What did you do specifically? So the sales guys that sold me card on you, I, I would like, they would call me up and I would help close deals for them. Mm. Like by telling them what the, the stuff does for my business. And then I know how to close. I'm a sales guy. Yeah. So, um, I, I would, I would help close the deals with them so they would make money. And then they would talk and they have a sales meeting every morning at nine o'clock. They would bring our name up a lot. They love testimonials. Yeah. Our bit, our numbers were skyrocketing. And so they would talk about C rock a lot, this and that. Then I paid 10 grand to go to a, a, a workshop there. And when I did that, I met Jared, who's the president. And I, I told him I want to play golf with him sometime. And he said, yeah, come on down. So I did. And then my wife and his wife went out to dinner and hung out and, and, um, just that's connected, cute. <laughs> you know? and it's just like little things like that. You just build, you just build relationships with people. Yeah. Like, and it's about caring and, and being around people like that. Like, by the way, I want to be around people like that, to think like that, mm -hmm. you know? And that's, um, cause it, it, it makes you feel good. And when you have a setback or an adversity or lack of hope, that feeling inside sucks. Who wants that? Yeah. So anything that I, I can do without drugs, to avoid that, that's something positive. Like that's what I go for. Yeah. So you said you were like this caged animal. You were in this tough situation, tough time. What was that? How did you get there? What What was it that got you stuck? Well, so we like I came out of college and I uh, we we started a business like this this mortgage business and like we would try to like go after production, right? Get people that can produce, but they they weren't buying into the culture. A lot of times they were pain in the ass drainers just negative people, but we would chase the production a lot of times. And I knew what was right. I knew how to get more sales, more production. I knew the culture was supposed to be, but then I would hear things from like the people there like, dude, you can't be hard on people. You can't hold people accountable. They're going to leave. Mm. You're being too hard on them. Like I would say, look, dude, you got to do it this way or you can't work here. And they'd be like, you can't say that, man. 
they're going to leave. They produce. And that's, that's totally the wrong thing to do. So then I would like come home at night and I'd be miserable. I'd be like, damn, dude, I, I know the answers here. I know we can grow it bigger, but I got these guys and they're like, they're not buying in. And so when that animal got unleashed and I got that validation, I was like, I had to come to the grips and say, look, if I have to be by myself and do this all by myself, one at a time, add somebody that buys in that that's what I'll do. And I got to be okay with that. And once I made that decision, it was all over. Cause I was like, guys, listen, here's what we're doing. I know how to be successful. We're going to do it this way. The culture is going to be this way. We're going to show gratitude. We're going to do this, this, and this massive action set goals. And if you can't do it or you don't want to do it, that's fine. You don't have to work here. No, no hard feelings. Wow. And also telling them like, look, we're going to go to this, this big far off place, hundred million dollars a month in, in loan volume. We're going to go to this place. You're either on board or you're not. And as we go, it's going to be very difficult. We're going to have people that are here right now that aren't going to be here. And we're going to see a lot of new faces. Everybody just know that now. So there's no surprises mm -hmm. and let's roll. And then everything changed and our business shot up and money started pouring in and everybody's making more money than they've ever made in their life. And so that's a little back backstory on it. Damn. That's amazing. How does somebody get to the point where they're able to add value to someone that is so far ahead from where they are? Like what could someone bring to the table that's just starting out? So that would be attention. So like, all right, let's just like, give me somebody. Me. <laughs> no, 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 but somebody that you would want to like, like give me somebody that you admire or you would want to be mentored. By. Oh, I see. Okay. Let's say for example, I am the female Tony Robbins and I see myself exactly what he's doing, but the female woo woo version of him. Okay, great. So what you do is you go find everything Tony Robbins that's free. If you don't have like for, let's just say you didn't have the money to invest right now, everything that's free, get your hands on it. Just like swim in the Kool-Aid. Don't drink it. Don't, don't <laughs> taste it, whatever. Just swim in it. Like literally infusion and do that so that you know all of it. Because if you ever run into him or anybody around him, you're going to want to know his material. If you're not paying attention to his material and don't know enough about it, don't know enough about him, then you're, then you're really not interested in being mentored by him. Right. And then, so from there, if you do that, you're going to make more money because that stuff teaches you how to make more money. Yeah. And especially grant stuff. So I did that and with so, Gabby Bernstein. Like I've been swimming in her Kool-Aid and even, even, um, Tony Robbins and all of these like spiritual speakers and they have courses and all that stuff. Like people will often be like, Rita, I went to this. I said, I heard this, or I read this book or I did that. And they're like, sounds like you. Sounds like you, just like how when you read Grant's yeah, book yeah, yeah. and you're like, that sounds like me, like that is me. I'm already there and I know okay. all the things. And it's just a so matter then, of like, now what? Well, the, the next step is to go to like spend money with them. Oh, I like, have. Go to, their, go to their events, right? Okay, so then you're going to their events and then you just keep leveling up. Like you said something about a $10,000 mastermind, mm -hmm. right? So that's the next step. When you go to this mastermind, like who, what, by the way, who's going to be there? Like, who is it? Yeah. It's Brandon T. Adams's mastermind. I did the episode with him right before this one and, or the last one, but, um, so who's, who's showing up like Kevin Harrington and yeah. So when, when you get there, like you got to figure out a way to get in front of them and be like, listen, I've, I've immersed myself in your content. I know everything about it. I want to be mentored by you. I respect you, whoever it is. Like if it's, and that's what I did. Like, you know, I went to, I spent money at Grant's thing. And I'm like, dude, listen, what do I, what do I got to do to like do more? Like what, what, what's my next step? Here's what I've done. What's my next step. And then they tell you, um, 
And so that's what I've done. And I, you know, and I just keep, every time I invest more money, I make more money. But I will tell you this, if you're dealing with people and you want to make money, like, do you want to make money or you just want to do this as a hobby? No, I definitely want to make a shit ton of money so that I don't have to have a day job as well. Okay. So, so there you go. So you got to figure out, you got to figure out, first of all, what your commitment is. If it's to make money, um, you got to go after people that can teach you how to make money. If it's to feel good and teach other people how to feel good, and that's more important than making money, then you need to do that. And you may not make the money that you're thinking. Mm. Follow me. I'm marrying so those make, two. Yeah. You got to make the decision though. First, what's most important? Like to me, I want to help people, but also I know I got to make money. Yeah. So I'm looking at the money game. Like Cardone University is a freaking phenomenal course. Um, and I go in there and I, I do videos with my team every day, even basic stuff. Like I've no, like the back of my hand, I've watched 3000 videos in this system. Wow. I got to go make money, man, because money will fuel the other part of what I want to do. Right. And that's what took me a while to realize. Like I'm, I'm like St. Rita. I just want to help the world. I want to help everybody. And I'm that's pouring, okay, but you're not going to make money. I know <laughs> I've been pouring into people for free for the last decade. And only this past year, I realized, hey, man, like I really know what the hell I'm talking about. I really have changed lives and I need to show up in a way that it allows me to make money doing what I do. And I don't have to yeah. feel bad for asking for money in exchange for what I do. Yeah, no, here's what you got to think. If you feel bad, like, and you got this imposter thing too, whatever. Think about this for a second. There's people on this planet and Grant said this earlier in the clubhouse room. I just heard this. There's people on this planet that don't have any money to spend with you, but you could help. Mm -hmm. You agree with that? Yeah, totally. Okay. You cannot keep helping them though. If you don't make money from the people that can pay you. Mm -hmm. So that's how you, you got to think about this. Like I need to get paid for my time. And when I do that, if you want to talk about the help and, and being St. Rita, because, because listen, the, the Catholic church, by the way, makes, makes money, a lot of money too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Why do they make a lot of money? Because they want to be able to help the poor. They want to be able to do a bunch of things Facts. and they're able to do that. So if you think about that, like, and it's okay for them to do it and other churches and all that, then you need to figure out like, it's okay for Rita to do too. Yeah. And and put that offering plate around. Say hey 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 hey. Look, offering plate. You got the you got the means. You got the means. Put it in the bucket. Oh my because, god. Um, because I need I need to get paid to help other people out that don't have the means. I love that. Yeah, you know I so, actually have this this vision for um creating like a, a space for for women who are in toxic relationships that want to get out that can't because of their financial um, situation. They're they're having to stay where they are and they don't have the mindset of like, I can leave and it'll work out. It'll get figured out, yeah. whatever. And so I want to create like a community kind of, not like a shelter, but like you have your own dorm, you and your kids come. It's a short-term situation. You have to pay like 300 or something to be there. And you get workshops on your mindset, on, you know, cooking, on, you know, even your kids will get in a workshop to help prevent any solidifying bullshit that they absorbed being around this toxic environment. Like I have this big vision that I want to provide that for women. And I can't create that unless I make a shit ton of money to just make that a thing. There you go. There you go. Yeah. But, but, but you got to want it bad enough. If you want it bad enough and it's a real vision and you're committed to it, like burn a ship's committed, like, yeah. So just to give you an idea, when I started this whole thing that I'm doing, like I sold out, like there, my wife gave me shit sometimes. Oh, you're always podcasting. Like my mom would like, <laughs> uh, like closest people to me, guys, listen, this is what's happening. You got to get on the ship or you're just going to have to sit back and watch because it's going, I'm committed. Like, I can't help you. I'm committed. Yeah. Like committed to an insane asylum. They lock you up in a straitjacket. I'm committed. I can't do, I can't do anything else. Right. That's what you got to do. And once you do, and you really commit, 
you will start doing that and be able to make money. Now, I think the first thing you need to do though is just put a product together, right? Put a product together, put a dollar amount on it and put it out to the market. Yeah. So I have a, a group coaching program that's not necessarily like a physical product to put out. But so I have a few women that just joined yesterday actually, and it's 2,500 for three months, which after thinking about it, I'm like, God, I need to triple that because of the amount of work that goes into it. And it's so energetically and emotionally draining. Like just from the three hour session I did yesterday, I'm still trying to recover from that. Well, hold on. So that's a product though. I'm not talking about you know, like a product doesn't have to be physical, right? Yeah. That's a product. But I meant that's like, I want to convert it into a digital yeah. course instead of having, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, 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 you could do that too. So like you could lay, like, lay out like a group coaching, digital course, get a Facebook group together, um, do masterminds. Like the, the one you just spent money on, why couldn't you do one? I know. Like what's the matter? Like you, you, you So it's, dude, it's funny because place, I have the Facebook, yeah, I have the Facebook group. I have the, uh, I'm doing like free coaching and then you basically on based on the free coaching then I offer you to come and apply to join my group coaching and I'm using the stuff from the group coaching to create a digital course I have a book that I'm finishing writing where like workshops are connected to and what else the podcast like I have so many things that I know could be created and it's like what comes first the chicken or the egg like which one do I Well, no you're doing it then no you're doing it then you got you got the coach group the, the group coaching thing you're doing that yeah but you got to remember that <clears throat> when you have that you need to make sure you have some kind of continuation thing mm -hmm. like how can i keep them in my ecosystem mm -hmm. when the group coaching thing's over to three months like what's next yeah probably like, like a one-to-one -one situation and here's the other thing rita the second money is the easiest money <laughs> So like, and it's like, it's not something to like hide and talk about, like away from your clients, like tell your clients, like, dude, second money's easiest. I know that I'm taking care of you right now. Here's another product that I want to offer you. Who wants in? Yeah. You know, while what you're I, at it, we might as well get this too. It's funny what I realized that I have like, okay, because of my life experience, because of my coaching that I've done in the past for free, right. Um, and what I'm doing now, I have the experience and the knowledge and the training and all of that shit from a health coach, from a life coach, from like relationship mindset coaching it, and business coaching even, like starting a business, doing all the things, the funnel system, the opt-ins, the lead magnets, whatever, and then doing a challenge and then leading it into a product and then having the Facebook group or doing a membership, like all of it. I know all of it and I'm doing it piece by piece starting from scratch, taking my passion, taking what I'm good at, taking what I love doing and turning it into a business. And so I'm able to have my, and this is why it's called redefine your life or redefine. Um, yeah, basically that's what it is. Redefine your life. And I'm calling it Academy because I was a teacher. I taught fourth grade, fifth grade. I taught at the college level. I am a teacher. I'm not teaching math and science anymore. I'm teaching literally how to re redefine yeah. your life. And so you get all of those things in one. So you don't need a separate health coach. You don't need a separate business coach. You literally get everything in one. Mm -hmm. And so that's yeah, ultimately no, like what I'm, what I'm selling. Right. And yeah. Kill it. Kill it, man. Yeah. Like you've got the personality and the energy and the passion too. So you're, you, you, what do you think your challenge is to get it though? I think it's just been, um, for me, like I feel bad for charging people and getting over that and having that money block, like for me to get over the fact that I had to go, oh, I don't have the money and I did it anyway and it changed my life. Right. But then when people are in the mindset of yeah. I can't afford it, I can't afford it. 
then they can stick with your free they can stick with your free stuff until they can yeah but so and then, then you put the, stuff, the like, people that can afford it where the hell are you <laughs> and i think i'm undercharging i really think i'm undercharging out of fear that people can't afford yeah just set a number go after it and then you need more people i love that this turned like you, into a coaching you, session <laughs> yeah you know no that's fine yeah you need more people though like look it's a quantity game like you need more people you need more people like if for every 100 people you get one you need 200 people to get two thousand people to get 10. Like you got to grow that top line of the funnel, get more people into your Facebook group, get more people to market to. I'm reading Grant's um, book, the closer survival yeah. guide. Like they, when I worked out, um, I, every job I've ever had, they basically called me the closing queen and I'm able to sell whatever job I have. I'm like the number one salesperson, all the things. But when it comes mm -hmm. to me creating something and selling it for myself, I'm like frozen. I don't know why. Seller be sold. Seller be sold. <laughs> yeah. That's what you he says. Yeah. Seller be no, but that's a book. Um, I have it over there. It's on the shelf. Seller Be Sold is another book by Grant that's really good about this. Yeah. I think that was one before yeah. the one I have now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. you are a wealth of knowledge, my friend. I love talking to you. Yeah. You're so Thank cool. You. You've got such an awesome Thank story you. full of wisdom and definitely would love to connect with you and see how I can add value to you. <laughs> What's up? Well, yeah, no, I mean, let's get this podcast out and, uh, and, and rock it and get it promoted so that people can see what it's like to, to chop it up with somebody that's on the same wavelength as you. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, the, the, you were on my podcast, uh, uh, earlier this week or last week, I guess. And so we'll be pushing out a lot of content out to people and, and, and the energy is just going to be a contagious. I love it. So. It's a vibe. It's a vibe for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank so. you so much for being here with me and sharing all these wonderful thank gems you. and even doing a little coaching with me. I'm sure whoever's listening, it helped them in multiple ways. And that's the goal of this podcast really. And, um, so tell everyone where they could find you and, and uh, about your book and all the things. And yes. Yeah, so, so rocket fuels at, uh, MikeCrock.com forward slash book. That's Mike C Rock with no K C R O C dot com forward slash book. And uh, Instagram is my favorite, Mikey C Rock. Mikey C Rock. Clubhouse, of course. I mean, shit. We got a room on Sunday nights. It's killing it. We had Olympic athletes, like record world record holders in there. We had platinum selling artists. Uh, Vera Wang popped in. Damn. Um, I mean, we had some, we had some. Again, it's like this attraction thing when you start thinking big, like people want to be around that stuff. So it's so um, draining. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like I yeah. I did maybe a quarter of what I did the first week. Oh, I needed a break. I don't know about you, but it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah no, no, I'm intentional with it. Like I'll pop in when I know I need to and then I'll exit when I know I need to. And you just gotta be intentional, man. Yeah. Control, control, control. Control, control, control. So. But Rita, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, it was great to connect with you. And let's stay engaged, man. Truly my pleasure. Thank you so much. Man, oh man, that was seriously such a vibe. Oh my God, I'm so excited. This was like, whoo, fed my soul. And I even got some coaching out of it. <laughs> He's so dope. The realest Ross dude I met in a long time. Here are your takeaways. Number one. If you want to find your purpose, think about what lit you up when you were a kid. Who were you before somebody or society told you to be? Number two, you have to stick to your guns when you believe in something. People will try to talk you out of it to match their agenda. Number three, be stubborn about what you want in life. Go after it and be perversely unyielding about getting it. Number four, you want to look at your life in graphs, finances, relationships, health, all of that. You want to make sure your graphs are going up. Number five, take everything that's designed to stop you or slow you down, put 
put it in your tank instead of your trunk. Turn that shit into rocket fuel. Number six, you don't need to see it first. Believe it to see it without a doubt in your mind. If you think you're a small person, you're a small person. Think bigger, dream bigger, you'll be bigger. Number seven, there are lessons in your childhood trauma that'll work for you instead of against you. Look for how you can use what happened as rocket fuel. Find your why through doing what you love and what you're passionate about. Number eight, you have to be moving forward. Thrust is a must, just keep going. Be urgent with action, but patient with results. Number nine, imposter syndrome is you wanting to see something before you believe it. You have to think you're the shit. Number 10, it's okay for you to make money doing what you love to do. You are worthy, you are good enough. This is your permission slip to charge for your gifts. Damn, I think this was a banger. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. I hope you got value out of it. If you did, would you do me a tiny favor? Share this with somebody that you think it'll help. That's all. That's all I ask. And if you want to, you can go and subscribe if you haven't already. Like, rate, review, you know, all that jazz. Appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Follow me on Instagram at Raw Vegan Rita and make sure to check out the show notes so you can access everything that you heard in this episode. Love you so much. See you next Tuesday. Bye.